0: And those things roll, change and then you set you know you spend less time with that person because you're working collaborating with someone else and then you bounce back and you work with them again and then maybe you can overlap them bring them together as a crew right and in this way we, we create really tight bonds with one person and then some of those if you do it well can become lifelong collaborators doesn't mean you're in each other's pocket always but you spend an intensity of time together investing in each other in order for you both to win keep that in mind Welcome. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts James Marshall and Liam McCrae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. What are the types of collaborations that you can get involved in? Hangouts are basically very low or no investment collaborations where both sides are willing to walk because there's nothing invested, right? It's the old... Uh, Vegas technique, right? So the more you put in one of those fucking machines, the less likely you are to walk away from it because you've invested so much money throwing good money after bad. That's why people keep staying because they're like, oh, I lost fucking 1,000 and I lost my children's college fund and now i got to win it back by spending the other child's fund. So... <laughs> The more that you have invested in a relationship or in a project, the less likely you are to walk away from it. Now, that can be a—you need to be careful of that because sometimes you do just need to walk and cut your your losses. The guy that's losing money in the poker machine is never going to win it back; he's just going to lose more. The guy that's in the relationship with the girl where they haven't had sex in six months—they've been together three and a half years. She belittles him in public, but they—he, you know, the love was really strong, and the love is still there. It's not as good as it was, but it's still better than. Being alone, and I've put so much into this, and you know, if I walk away now, then I lose the couch and half the dog, and what was the point of that last three years? So I'll throw another three years down the drain just to (laughs) just to see if that fixes. In fact, maybe I'll throw a baby in there just to see if that fixes as well. So we must invest, we must risk, and we also need to be aware that there'll be times when it's just time to walk and and lose your investment. So the different types of uh, collaborations that I've listed here, I'll just run through them pretty quickly so you can have a think about them. The first one is partners or wingmen. And when I think back over my my years as a lifestyle engineer, at almost all points, I had one major collaborator, one partner. And that person changed over time. Uh, sometimes there was overlap. Sometimes I had like two partners that I was kind of collaborating on different things at the same time with. But generally, there was kind of one main guy and it usually was a guy, but it it has been a girl a couple of times as well. Uh, So when I look back, John, John and I for, you know, throughout our high school years and through, I mean, through many different phases, actually, we had some periods where we didn't hang out a lot because we were living in different cities or someone had a girlfriend that didn't like the other guy or whatever. And so we didn't collaborate a lot. And then other times we were living together or doing a lot more collaborative work. That's gone on for 20 years. The original guy that I started The Natural with, Grant, uh, known as Wolf in my book, yeah, he and I were inseparable for about two years. We were just working together, playing together, picking up girls together, orgying together every day for a couple of years. Then, you know, that shifted and me and Grant had a big fight and he fucked off. Uh, And then Liam kind of moved into that position for me where, yeah, Liam was my right-hand man for the next 10 years. And in many different areas, but at the same time, I then went off with Sasha for like two years where he and I, whilst Liam and I were still collaborating a lot, but he was in Australia at the time, and then I was in in Europe, and so was Sasha. We started collaborating on teaching and and going to the Amazon and all sorts of stuff. and so it was the mean it was the Jamie and Sasha show, right and then it was the James and the short-lived James and Travelbomb show, which was a which was a good one, but it exploded early uh, and so on. so. And I, like I didn't necessarily plan this this way, but I, when I look around at all of the guys that, that I've seen who've been effective socially, they usually had a main wingman or a sidekick or a collaborator that they worked with for some period of time and then maybe that shifted and changed. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still friends with most of them. When I look back on the list, it's like my ex-girlfriends. I'm I'm friends with most of them, not with not with Grant, not with TB, but the rest of them I'm still very close with, and and will collaborate with all of them again if I'm not right now, which I am right now with most of them anyway. So the point I want you to make, the uh, point I want to make here is that uh, you should start looking for your wingman, but understand that the first one might not be. It might be your test. When I was 26, I came out of a long relationship. I wanted to get into this pickup thing. I just heard rumors of it. All of my other male friends were in relationships. uh, So I didn't know any single guys who wanted to go out and party and meet girls. I didn't know. So what I did was I started kind of uh, auditioning my next best friend. And I did that by going to Lair meetings. That's what I did. So um, that's uh, where, where, where we're expanding, experimenting. So whether that's through online communities or live meetup groups or through the LDA or the MMC group or, or wherever networks you're you're sourcing from. At the time, my only source of single males who want to meet girls was the Melbourne Lair, which was this dorky, nerdy little internet forum where once every month twenty guys would meet and drink coke and eat pizza, and they were and we were all like, I was the least nerdy of them for sure, and I was nerdy. A bunch of very nerdy dudes would meet in this private office of one guy who was a forex trader and talk about mystery method that's where it started and so i just straight away like was like who wants to go and pick up girls because like and and i didn't get that many responses because lots of them wanted to talk about it but i'm like who wants to go out this friday and then one guy's like yep i met up with him i'm like okay this is my new friend not exactly how i would have imagined my new friend but fuck it let's he's the only one who wants to do this fuck it let's do it Greg, his name was. Nice guy, but deeply, deeply paranoid conspiracy theorist and uh, was using mystery method. And it didn't really work, but we went out like four or five times. And, you know, it did work in that we went out and we talked to girls, right? And then we had chats about stuff and we had some interesting conversations. We weren't going to be best friends. I could see that. But that was all right. That was like a test of like, okay, new guy, something, and then he faded off and then I went and hung out with a bunch of other dudes until I met Grant, And then he and I went out and I was like, this motherfucker has got game. He's got balls. He's very different to me, totally different to me. He was like a club guy from the suburbs. And I was, you know, inner city hipster. Sounds like one of those classic buddy movies. If only we were cops as well. And then we went out and then we started rolling together and then backing each other and getting each other laid. And then, you know, it was like a year or two before we even thought about doing business together. So initially this was a... This was my wingman. And then I was like, okay, this guy, yes, we, we've got a good working relationship. And then we, we stayed together then for the next, I don't know, whatever, four years, more or less. So if you don't have that guy already or guy or girl, and a, and a female version of that is often, well, it can be superior for sure. Like Jess and I were collaborators on many things, usually parties. So we were very good at putting on parties together. She was really good with the getting the right people there. I was very good with the logistics and making sure that all the, the the environment worked. And then she was the great social butterfly, social glue at the party, introducing everyone, and I was the guy organizing stuff and keeping, making sure that the band had beers and that there was ice in the fridge and all that sort of shit, or delegating that tasks to everyone else. So a female partner, in this sense, can be more powerful because if she's attractive and fun... Uh, she doesn't have to be a supermodel. She needs to be, you know, friendly and like people find her attractive an attractive person. And she can even be a big girl or like I've, I've collaborated with women that were not, you know, technically super beautiful but were very beautiful humans and people loved being around them. And so, you know, their draw was the feminine energy despite whether or not anyone wanted to have sex with them. Sure, if she's a pretty girl or a super hot girl who's also a good social glue, then she's awesome. If she's a super hot girl who's a bitch, she's a liability. Right. So just beauty is not enough of a currency. Beauty mixed with something positive or something useful, cool, that will be a, that will be an amazing effect because yes, other girls are much more likely to come and hang around where there's other girls already. Guys want to be part of it. You look cooler. You know, every photo where it's art, me and the dudes and then you just stick one Jess in there, suddenly we look like rock stars. Suddenly we look like the Black Eyed Peas. As far as I'm concerned. Right? That's pretty. I'm pretty sure we look like the black eyed piece. Having one hot girl in your crew is awesome. Don't ruin it by having sex with her. Or do and then quickly become friends again. So you don't need to do it this way, but I, I've always found like going th- going through periods where there's someone who's aligned with you and is really on that same vibe. And they don't have to be as skilled or they can be more skilled, but they need to balance in at least in attitude it doesn't work so well when you have one person who's really, really good at something, someone who's really not good at the thing and and also doesn't have a great attitude, right? So often when I'm hanging out with guys, that's well, not that often, but like there's been many times where I've been rolling with someone who was better or worse and usually worse at game than me, for example. Okay, a new wingman or a new coach, the game wasn't as good, but their attitude was awesome and they – They didn't take themselves too seriously, so it meant that their mistakes, their social faux pas weren't liabilities. They were just like, okay, that's a dude who's like at ease with himself and he's not perfect. And then there's been other guys where I've hung out with them and and I've taken them to an event, and then I've been like, nah, I can't do that again here. They're 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 damaging my rep. And I'll give one example here of Sasha. Now, Sasha and I rolled together for years, and in many situations we were of benefit to each other socially. Many, many. But in some we were not because I remember one at one time when we went to New York, Jess invited, she was like the queen of the New York nightlife of this one scene at the time. And she invited me and Sasha was there as well. And she said, okay, you guys can come to this very exclusive event, right? This is an event that costs $10,000 to get in, right? So we got a $10,000 ticket for free. Uh, And she said, come over to my place first. got to dress you up. Wear black. And so we wore our blacks. We went over and she like did our hair, changed some stuff about our clothes, put a bit of black eyeliner on. You're like, what? Yeah. You want to go to this party? You better dress right. And then she gave us a little pep talk. She was just like, okay, so this is a very queer scene, right? Like lots of gays and LGBTQT persons. So you can't be making any, and she's looking at Sasha, you can't be making any jokes about gay people, none. Like you just, and you know, Sasha has no out of bounds, right? He will, he will make Jew jokes and he's a Jew. He stood in front of the Reichstag and Sieg Heiled with two Jews, uh, an Asian and a black guy. And I'm not defending that, but he did that and took a photo in front of it and posted it online, right? So Sasha, nothing is out of bounds. And Jess knew that, and so she's like Tasha: no gay jokes. We just, I just be chill. Just you know, just don't make me look bad. <laughs> and so we, we went to this pre-party where it was like people dressed up in like peacock feathers and like like gothic vampires and and m- like queer of some sort, right? What I don't know, you know, what they're into. Girls who like boys, who like boys, who like girls who don't know if they're girls or they're boys or who's a boy. That kind of shit. And so I just went in there and I was like being fabulous. I'm like, all right, fuck it, okay, it's a bit of a queer thing and I'll just go and say, oh, hi, I love your hat and all and makeup looks wonderful and all that and whatever, you know, I can play the game. And then Sasha said something which I can't even remember because I, it was so cringy that I just blocked it out. It was just so a gay joke that didn't work and I just saw Jess giving him dagger eyes. And we went to this ten grand event and, you know, we did the thing and afterwards she, she just quietly said to me, Sasha can't come to that again. And, I, and and I knew that Sasha didn't want to go anyway because it was too because he likes to be able to do whatever he wants, and he's like, nah, that thing was a bit something. I'm like, okay, well, just don't come next time. He's like, nah, I don't want to come. I'm like, good, you're not invited. All right, that didn't work. Let's forget that that <laughs> that uh, combination. So be aware that okay, you 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 have a, a wingman, and it doesn't necessarily mean you you're both going to go to every single thing. You need to be still be aware of our currencies. Still be aware that sometimes I need to bail for the sake of my my friend or vice versa the partner dynamic is is a bit different from the tribe dynamic although they they can they exist within the tribe the partner gets really close the partner there's a lot more invested sometimes it's like the partnership kind of sticks out of the tribe and is there's only you two only you two know certain aspects of it or only you two are working on certain pieces of it and the rest of the tribe is not involved in that part of it or maybe you're you're working on something first as a, as a duo. And later on, you might bring in your entourage or, or start blending social circles and so on. So it is a particularly close relationship, which means it's more dangerous, right? It means that you will need to constantly negotiate your boundaries with this person, pretty much. I mean, sometimes you have people who are both very conciliatory or both agreeable, or particularly the empaths and so the, those are the guys that when the bill comes, they're like, oh, oh," uh, uh, and they're like, oh, no, please allow me. Uh, no, I, I insist, I absolutely, and they start fighting over the bill. One rule in that, my rule is if anyone offers to pay for dinner, unless I know they're much poorer than me, I always just accept, right? This fighting over the bill nonsense, thats what what is that in the wheel of exchange? Someone's trying to give and then you're trying to give, right? So we're both trying to give together, And no one gets to receive. I don't get the pleasure of giving and seeing you appreciating my gift, uh, and you don't get to receive a gift and feel like, oh, wow, someone's doing something for me. Don't fight over the bill. Someone says, oh, I'll grab it, let them do it. My exceptions are yeah, I've got one friend, Robin, who did my Tattoo is one of my best oldest friends. He doesn't earn that much money. He earns 10 times less than me. And every time I see him, he's always like we go to dinner, yum cha usually. And and I have to watch him because he sneaks off to pay the bill, that motherfucker. And so I have to quickly run up. I go, Robin, sit down. You've bought me f- so many dinners in my life. You sit down and you eat that yum cha. So that's on the, on the positive side of it. But what I'm saying is, and that isn't actually a negotiation, right? In that moment, that's me negotiating for him not on his behalf. where I'm like, listen, you're such an empathetic. You are such a giving person. And I see you give to everyone around you. And you don't receive that often because you're you're the daddy like I am. Let me be your daddy today and buy your lunch, Robin. You deserve it. So this will require constant negotiation. And when I look at all of my main partnerships with Sasha or Liam and Grant or whatever, we had many, many disagreements. And occasionally, we had some large fights. Not that often. I mean, with Grant, yes. But Sasha and I, we've had one or two fights and Liam and I have had one or two, but mostly they've been disagreements that have required sitting down and using intelligent, uh, intelligent confrontation to nut through it and not to, and sometimes daily, especially when there's an event going on, like when we're putting on MMC or or a workshop or something like that, or a party we're constant like we're there's there's stuff going on all the time where we have to quickly renegotiate you do this task I'll do this hang on why didn't you do that oh man fuck you you dropped the ball there you let that let me down can, can you fix that all right so this this kind of stuff is going on all the time and it will need to because if you want a tight partnership you got to realize the risks as the more you invest in each other the risks raise because the fallout of you separating or breaking apart could be the end of a business, losing lots of money, the fracturing of a social circle, you know, the the loss and betrayal of, of feeling a great friend lost, you know, it's, it's, it's a heavy price. So, and, and understand that that will happen. Betrayal will happen in some way or another, whether it's just feeling disappointed and let down, whether it's a real, you know, hardcore betrayal of someone going behind your back and stealing your woman or whatever. These things will happen. And we looked at this last week. And you will need to, uh, you can't protect yourself completely, but I will give you a little list of some things that I've noticed in sociopaths or in people that I know are taking advantage. I know I talked about that last week as well. Understand, like I I talked about um, the fact that I have sometimes a partnership that is rolling and I might have another one happening at the same time, right? And I do need to be aware sometimes that my oldest partner or my oldest collaborator can't come on this adventure, this one, right? So like the boat world adventures, for example, um, my old friends, John and Shay, and every, everyone that wasn't Liam and Alex couldn't come on those adventures with us, right? And, and we just have to make a clear line that the three of us are doing this thing. Why? Because it's really expensive. Right, it's like you have to pay to get in, and most of my friends can't afford fifteen or ten grand entry tickets to anything, and and it's absurd that I'm doing it as well. But you know, that's what you do when you make make some cash. So there was there was and you had to have a level of game that was not normal game. You know, there's a very different, very different set of rules for seduction in the normal civilian world of meeting girls in the streets or in bars or cafes or whatever, and gaming girls in a exclusive high ratio, you know, more girls than guys, high glamour, high beauty environment that requires a whole different set of game that requires a particularly kind of stone cold methodology, right? You, you, can't, you can't be super vulnerable there, right? You can't be like, like a lot of the things that we would say in normal game, being authentic, being direct, <laughs> uh, you know, not putting up any masks, getting to know the girl deeply and find out what makes it tick. In boat world, you do the opposite, and I can't, it's no, I mean, I will explain some of that in lecture eight, I think, when we look at me breaking the lid off some of the very higher level. And remember when I say high, it doesn't mean superior, right? It means levels above normal levels that in order to get into it requires a certain set of skills or resources that most people don't have. So they're just exclusive environments. I will give you guys some snapshots in how to break into those. I'll give you some autopsies on how we did it, how we continue to do it. But that's, you know, that that is. Further down the track, if at all, for many people, right? So it's it's so for many of my wingmen and my friends, it's like you guys can't come to this piece. You know, this adventure we're doing, we're doing it separately. And I, and I had to tell some people, hey, I just need to let you know, I can't bring you to this thing. It, it costs ten grand to get in, and so you know, I would love you to be involved, but it's just not going to happen, right? So the people are not feeling particularly offended or like you're you're using one person, then moving to the next and moving to the next. I don't see it like that. I look at it like eras where this was the the Jamie and Sasha era when we were on the road together. Me and Sasha will have another era together for sure. You know? Me and Keegan, me and Liam, me and John or whatever. And those things roll, change, and then you set, you know, you spend less time with that person because you're working, collaborating with someone else, and then you bounce back and you work with them again. And then maybe you can overlap them, bring them together as a crew, right? And in this way we we create really tight bonds with one person and then Some of those, if you do it well, can become lifelong collaborators. doesn't mean you're in each other's pocket always, but you spend an intensity of time together investing in each other in order for you both to win. Keep that in mind, what I just said there. An intense period doesn't mean a lengthy period. I mean, we need some level of face time, but Sasha and I became tight fast within a week because we both threw in hardcore invested in each other. It was a risk. We could have fucked each other over. Could have been the wrong decision but it wasn't. We threw in hard and then I got him to work with me. And then he worked with, within a month, we'd already earned each other money, got each other laid, shared each, shared each other's darkest secrets, filmed collaborative videos for each other, cooked for each other, helped, you know, given a couch for or a bed to sleep on, right? So we'd invested a whole bunch of currencies quickly. And then we didn't fuck each other over. We both won. We're like, cool, we are tight. And then we remained tight for the last 10 years. However, there was one instance where, uh i think i've have i told the story about the me and sasha buying an apartment together i think i have in brief my apartment in budapest sasha and i were going to buy that together originally i realized halfway through the deal that was a bad idea because we would end up killing each other so i told him and i bought him out right so like we were going to have a collaboration then i recognized that we're getting too close right if we we're just basically having getting a mortgage together we might as well get married what the fuck so i, I knew that that level of closeness would divide us and so that's when i said to him hey man we need to not buy this together i'm gonna buy you out i just gave him some money to like for the hassle of him whatever just as because i did and then he was a bit pissed off and then he said hey oh, dick me around i said no i didn't dicking you around would have been not telling you about it and then doing some weird thing this is just me telling you and you being disappointed so that's okay let's deal with that and then we did and then we've been friends ever since